What book of the Bible would I recommend to skeptics? Well, it may surprise you that my answer is, number one, from the Old Testament, and number two, not a very easy read, and that is the book of Job. Now, what I'm not saying here is that I'm recommending this for the sake of it being the easiest or the most readable or the most straightforward or even the most explicitly about Christ book. So a little bit, little qualification there. I suppose it would certainly matter um, from person to person, but just in the sense of a skeptic to Christianity, the, somebody that has those big life questions wrestling in their heart, not understanding how the Bible uh, interacts with those, the book of Job is just a wonderful book. Uh, there's, there's a few different reasons for this. The book of Job traces the life of a man who is righteous in the sight of God uh, through intense turmoil and affliction. And as he goes through uh, the loss of his property, the loss of his wealth, the loss of his children, um, even the loss of his own health, the, his friends come to him and seek to console him. But then it turns into a long debate. It turns into a long debate about what the essence of suffering is, what it means to be a wicked or righteous person, what wisdom is, and how God fits into all of that. And, of course, this is really the monumental question that most skeptics have as somewhat of a rebuke of Christianity, and that is, what do you do with the problem of evil? Or how do you explain away evil in this world and your supposed good God? Well, that's the center of the book of Job. It's a wonderful book to read uh, to really understand what the Bible has to say about that. And this may surprise you, but the book of Job deals with issues such as what is the role of weather? What are the What is the role of dreams? What is the role of sickness? I mean, these, these are questions that people have in the back of their minds, and they're dealt with in the book of Job. This is a great book. It's 42 chapters long, so it's not a, a short read by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but it's it's not even that the, that the literary structure of the book is difficult. It's just the fact that if you're not following what Job and his three friends are saying, you can get lost and lose sight of the big picture. But the book is also useful uh, for a rebuke both to the skeptic and to the Christian. The reason for that is because at the end of the book, when when God comes and essentially rebukes Job and his three friends, he does so by saying that none of you have represented me rightly. None of you have spoken wisely in your assessment of the, the fact of this and the fact of that and how to explain Job's suffering and what all this means and how I'm still good and all of that. None of you have answered that properly. And so this book is really helpful because number one, it's actually a rebuke to the Christian because when we see an evil or somebody suffering in this world, we can be quick to either number one, explain away any possibility that it has to do with that person sinning. Or number two, 
insist that this person is suffering because they have committed some particular sin. This is really the position taken by Job and his three friends with one extreme or the other. And God comes and rebukes them and says, you're all wrong. You're all wrong in your assessment of this. And that's again, should be sobering for Christians because what we should realize is that we can actually fall into one of these extremes, both of which are, are wrong. But it's also a rebuke to the skeptic because most skeptics raise questions, big worldview questions, big deal issues such as sickness, such as weather, and all of, all of, the, all of the like, and normally use those as an excuse to um, reject Christianity altogether. Now, it's rebuke to them because when they read the book of Job, they soon realize that the problems that they have with some forms of of so-called Christianity that they've been exposed to are also problems that God has. And so we should really take our role seriously because the Bible says we're ambassadors of Christ. We're representatives of the Lord. So we are representing him on this earth. So anything we say on behalf of him or anything that we teach regarding him uh, should really be taken quite seriously on our part because we don't want to wrongly uh, represent God. But it should also remind us of the fact that We don't always do that correctly. It should remind skeptics of the fact that we don't do that correctly. Even those uh, who are professors of faith in God in the book of Job don't represent God correctly, and God rebukes them for that. And so if a skeptic raises an issue that they have seen in Christianity or in the church and say, see, this is why I can't be a Christian, well, they open open up the book of Job and realize that God rebukes those things. God condemns those views. And so they now don't have a leg to stand on when they say, this is why I'm not a Christian, because they just realize, oh, well, that's not Christian-like. Or, oh, even though this person says this is of the essence of Christianity, God actually has a huge problem with that point of view. And so now I can't use the excuse that it is um, wrong or that it's a bad representation because God actually agrees with that. And so this book is really good, though, because we also realize that God always resolves evil and, uh, at least from a human perspective, injustice. God rights every wrong. Even though Job is righteous in the sight of God, he's not perfect. And he ends up, by the end of the book, uh, trusting in himself and concluding that God must have done something wrong. God must be in the wrong, not me, because I have maintained my integrity. Now, the book does a great job of explaining the fact that God sees Job as his servant in the beginning of the book before any suffering comes upon him. And at the end of the book, even after Job slips up, God still looks at him and refers to him as my servant. And so, There's no point at which Job just falls out of favor with God. Uh, But there is a point, certainly, 
where Job starts to, uh, by the end of it, point the finger at God. And he is rebuked for that, and he repents of that, and understands who God is in his majesty, in his majesty, in his holiness. And these are big ideas that we should recognize as well. We are quick to point the finger at God and to charge him with wrongdoing as if he doesn't understand what's happening in this world. But the book of Job gives us a glimpse behind the curtain of God's grand purposes in suffering, of God's grand intent that even as he brings us through severe trials on this earth, that he intends to bless us by the end of it. And this is not necessarily a picture of what life would look like for all of us, um, that any bad thing that we go through in this life, by the end of our life, will result in fame and riches. But instead, it's a picture of what heaven is for us. It's a picture that whatever suffering we go through on this earth um, will be eclipsed by the glory that awaits us as believers. And that's kind of the message in the book of Job um, that we should really take away. God may indeed uh, intend to bless us financially or in different monetary ways on this earth, and that may come before heaven itself, but it's not something that we are promised in this life. But the book of Job illustrates um, that it is given to him in this life, but it's given to him after having learned a very valuable lesson, and that God is holy in all that he does. And God does not pick and choose arbitrarily to give somebody a really bad time and somebody else a really good time. He's doing all things for his glory and fulfilling his purposes in all things. And these are the big ideas that that get churned over in the minds of Job and his friends again and again in their discourse between each other. And it's really good to read for that simple fact that we can have a glimpse at people on this earth that are seeking to deal with these issues and explain them in a way um, that really represents who God is. But the uh, caution for us and the corrective action comes at the end of the book when a fourth man rises from Job's three friends, Elihu, and he comes and rebukes all of them before the Lord ends up speaking. And Elihu speaks rightly of who God is. He speaks rightly of God's purposes in this world. And so you really need to read it from beginning to end uh, to understand uh, what views are false and what views are right. Uh, But it's a great read, and it really does strike at the heart of what the skeptic thinks, what the Christian struggles with, what what the Christian uh, wrongly affirms at times. Uh, But may we all have the kind of attitude that Job does, that we are slow to point the finger at God, or in fact, we should say unwilling to ever point the finger at God, because we understand that his majesty and his holiness and his wisdom is not suddenly compromised whenever affliction comes our way. And Job is certainly blessed by the end of the book because he understands that and embraces it. 